tonight on the 33 and a third percent podcast myself Shannon Makazowski and Tony Big Evil Sirachi give our match by match analysis of AEW Revolution that just finished up just hours ago live from Orlando Florida we give our good the bad and the ugly there is a debut of a old superstar and there is a new signee that is now all elite we give our thoughts and opinions on everything that is AEW Revolution right here tonight on the 33 and a third percent podcast. Welcome to another edition of the 33 and a third percent podcast. I am Shano Makazowski. Alongside me tonight, Tony Big Evil Sirachi. We just got done watching the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Five hours of non-stop wrestling. Just another Sunday in the books here in March. Tony, how are you doing tonight? It's been a long day of wrestling, and quite frankly, damn. Yeah, there's there was uh, some some debuts, some signings, uh, and some matches that we didn't really care for too much. Uh, but overall, it's pro wrestling. We love it. We love to talk about it, and we love to bring it to you on anywhere you can get your podcasts. So we're going to do a little bit of a different format tonight. I'm going to go through all of them with the time codes, courtesy of Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia, and thank you to the internet. Um, and we're going to go through the dark matches first, um, and then we'll go through uh, news and notes from each match, our opinions, and what we thought about it. So we'll start with the dark matches on YouTube, or wherever you find it, what YouTube, Twitter, um, and if you bought the pay-per-view like I did, like the, uh, the buy-in. Revolution bias. We got legit Layla Hirsch defeated Chris Statlander, or as Lucky Strike Tobin calls her, Botchlander, in a singles match in nine minutes and 50 seconds. Legit Layla Hirsch getting that little bit of a push of what she needs because Statlander was just in the women's title picture not long ago. So good for legit Layla Hirsch. And then we have our fan favorite here, Hook, defeated QT Marshall by submission. We'll get to QT Marshall in a second. Uh, in the singles match in five minutes. And then the main event of the buy-in, um, the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews defeated the Death Triangle. Pac, Penta Oscuro with Alex Abrahantes and Eric Redbeard by pinfall in a six-man tag match in 17 minutes and 20 seconds. Now we go to the main card. It opens up with the grudge match. Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, Kingston gets the win in 13 minutes and 40 seconds, which is uh, very surprising to most uh, in, in my eyes. Um, in my opinion, very surprising. Maybe that'll push Kingston a little bit up the ladder. Uh, second match of the night was the three-way dance for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Jurassic Express, the champions, defeated Red Dragon Young and the Young Bucks by pinfall in 18 minutes and 55 seconds. Moving on to the face of the Revolution ladder match for the future TNT Championship match title a spot. Uh, Wardlow gets the much-needed win and well-deserved win, defeating Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and Christian Cage. Then we get to this match. The TBS Championship, Jade Cargill with Smart Mark Sterling, defeated Ty Conti with Anna Jay by pinfall. In six minutes and 50 seconds, we will never get back. Sam Punk defeated MJF by pinfall in a dog, bloody dog collar match in 25 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, Britt Baker DMD in her fifth match of the year uh, with Rebel, not Reba, and Jamie Hayter defeated Thunder Rosa in 17 minutes and 25 seconds to retain her AEW Women's World title. John Moxley and Brian Danielson uh, fought a hard-fought battle um, in 21 minutes and 5 seconds. John Moxley gets the win. Some things happened afterwards, and somebody re-debuted. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, in the six-man tornado tag team match, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting defeated the Andrade Hardy family office in 13 minutes and 20 seconds. And the main event just ended five minutes ago. Hangman Adam Page defeated Adam Cole for to retain the AEW World Championship in 24 minutes and 55 seconds. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. Tony, your thoughts on this evening? Um, it, it was a long pay-per-view, and, like, you know, you had some good matches, and you had some really terrible matches. 
And quite frankly, I think AEW is running into the problem where they have too many people and not things that can be, I don't know how to word it. They just have way too many people and they keep signing more people. And then a lot of people just seem to disappear. There's a lot of people that could have been in this pay-per-view that weren't on the pay-per-view. Things that should have been on the pre-show that should have been like the TBS championship match. Let's talk about that, Shane. Yeah, the TBS championship match. I guess we'll start with the worst. Um, Jade Cargill has looked rough around the edges throughout her 29-0 and 0, um, record here. <clears throat> and all of her matches are pretty rough. Um, and Ty Conti, I feel, had a good match against uh, Britt Baker not too long ago for the AEW Women's World Title at the last pay-per-view, correct? Full gear? I think so, or maybe it was a dynamite, one of those special dynamites. Yeah, it was it was one of the two, but I remember the, the women's title being on the line. Ty Conti was in it, and um, they did great. They, they had good chemistry, um, and uh, it was fine. But then you get to this match, and it was uh, it was a little rough around the edges. Um, I guess not something like a pig, but the best thing about the match was their ring gear. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And well, you, you said it, so I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're good. And then you had Anna Jay outside the ring, which doesn't hurt either. So, um, But Jade, Jade gets the win. Uh, she continues her, her descent to the top, uh, which it's going to have to stop sometime. I just don't know who it's going to be. They're, the the women's division, to me at one time, was, I wouldn't say loaded, but it, had, it has a lot of talent. Uh, Thunder Rosa is good. Uh, and uh, uh, Tonight she wasn't. <laughs> oh, thing. Um, and then you have uh, Britt Baker. She's a champ, uh, but tonight she was just she was looking rough as well. And I did a little bit of uh, research here and getting into the the women's get the women's matches out of the way first. Um, Britt Baker's only fought five matches this year. And it definitely showed. Uh, and Thunder Rosa has had twenty five matches, like for different organizations. She's fought for GCW, and a couple house shows here and there for a little for indie promotions. Um, I think Thunder Rosa looked like the better competitor tonight in that match, uh, which says a lot because she's not the champion right now. Uh, she lost. Um, but it just goes to show you that, yeah, there's there's a lot to be done with the women's division there. Um, and Kairu Shida, you got Serena Deeb. Like, you have, you have talent there that you can use, but you got Serena Deeb on Rampage doing the, the challenges the rookie challenges like get her get her into the get her into the title picture um i think serena Dean would be a great champion she's uh she's she's good on the mic she's a, she's a little stale not gonna lie like what on the mic she's good on the mic but she was taught by malenko what do you want that's like that's dean malenko's prized possession that definitely shows the Iceman. when the Iceman was active he did barely he barely did any interviews and he was still a formidable opponent in the ring Absolutely. I think Serena Deeb is like the exact same thing. That's, so, a, that's a lot. That's a lot of things that people forget is you can be great in a ring and suck on the microphone, but still be like, you know, the top guy. You don't need that. They want everybody to be great on both the ring and mics, but sometimes you only need the, uh, the in-ring work before you need the microphone stuff. Right. You clearly can have a mouthpiece for you. Paul Hammond for Brock Lesnar at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, Paul Bear for The Undertaker at the beginning of his career. You don't need to have the microphone skills in order to get over. A lot of people succeeded without it. Now, on that on that same same vein, Wardlow is a good example of that. Wardlow's a big bastard. He's talented. He doesn't need to do anything you know, Malenko-esque. doesn't need to do any holds or um, submissions or things like that, but the crowd is is over on Wardlow. And he deserved to win that match tonight to get a TNT title shot down the road. Um, the winner of Sammy Guevara, if he's okay, Sammy Guevara might have got a concussion tonight with his Spanish fly off the, uh, the set onto some tables. He bounces his head off one of the tables, uh, as we saw in the replay. Um, but um, if he's okay, he's facing Scorpio Sky on Wednesday on Dynamite for the TNT undefeated. Title. Yeah, <laughs> undefeated. Forgot about that. Undefeated Scorpio Sky, a full year. Tobin thinks that uh, he hasn't really done much. I was like, wow. He's like, <laughs> he's been injured. <laughs> Lucky Strike goes for the whole year. 
I was like, ask Tony Khan. This is this is that long term booking we're talking about. Um, but yeah, Scorpio Sky and uh, Dan Lambert, uh, Paige Van Zant, and Ethan Page were all up in the rafters tonight at their Skybox, which basically looked like just seats in the upper deck with other fans. It really was <laughs> with a big spotlight on them. Ethan Page is looking down. He puts his sunglasses on. It's like the light's too bright. Um, he was he was staring into his future. He was, he was, and Paige Van Zandt was there, and that didn't hurt either. So uh, she, she apparently is is going to be wrestling soon. Yeah, uh, she she did potentially sign a contract with AEW, and just what Tony's saying, one more person that got signed. Um, and then again to stay on that, one more person gets signed: Isaiah Swerve Scott in NXT, former uh, North American champion, formerly of Hit Row. Uh, is now all the elite as well. Tony Schiavone announced it on the pay per view. His name and in is case, Swerve Strickland. And in case you forget who Hit Row was, so did everybody else. Yep, real quick. They were they were over a little bit, and then they decided to get rid of him, and then that's it. It's the last you saw everybody. And then Swerve Strickland came out and says, "Whose house?" And the crowd goes, "Swerve's house." And the crowd was 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 kind of was kind of there, but they're just like, "I remember this guy." And as I jokingly said, we'll see him on Dark Elevation next week. There's, <laughs> there's, not, there's not enough spots to go around here. You have one two-hour show on Dynamite. And then you have one one-hour show in Rampage. And then sometimes you have the Battle of the Belts. You have the specials. But you need a lot more to get. A lot more than Dark and Dark Elevation. You, you need more TV shows. You don't need YouTube shows. For the amount of people they have, they need more exposure yes and putting the same people on the same show at the same time does not help no so talking about the undercard matches here we'll uh, we'll start with the uh, the main event uh dark match house of black death triangle uh eric redbeard making his his uh match debut as you should say he debuted on rampage on uh friday night um and uh eric rowan for those you don't know who Eric Redbeard is. Did he sign a full contract or is it just like apparent by appearance? Do you know? I want to say I, I didn't I didn't see the typical uh all elite tile. Right. Eric, so Eric I'm Redbeard just thinking uh, so I'm just thinking that it's just like you know by appearance only. Yeah, but uh as you said, I did not see the match until the very end when Brody King uh had a sick pile driver to Eric Redbeard to win the match. Um, but you said the match was pretty good from what you saw. Oh uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like I'm I've been a fan of uh Malachi Black whenever he was Tommy End in the Indies and whatnot. But like I'm just gonna go from the beginning where their entrance as the House of Black is really impressive. It's not uh you know pyro and everything. Light comes on, they show up, light goes off, they're somewhere else, lights go on. It's just it's real quick and everything, but um, the match I enjoyed highly. I'm not understanding the whole like you know, Penta always changing his gimmick. Now I understand like you know he had to channel his darker side, but like Penta seems to be in this hole right now because Phoenix is injured. So and the Death Tron the Death Triangle. Sorry. They just had to fill the spot with Eric Redbeard, but um, the match I enjoyed every like all of it, especially the debut of uh, Buddy Matthews. Do you think Buddy Matthews fits into the House of Black gimmick? I do. Okay, I I, really, I, do. I mean I really do. I mean I I like Buddy Matthews. I like his physique. Like he's he, uh, he's a very athletic guy. Um, I just don't see him as a House of Black person, but. See what a what AEW likes to do right now is have a lot of trios matches. Now, even though even though I'm not make a, a goddamn trios title like they didn't see, I, I was gonna go. With, I was going with that word to, toward that. I'm not a fan of the trio titles, but like for the sheer fact that they seem to have a lot of trios matches, you think they would make it by now, right? Who knows? Maybe that'll be for the Ring of Honor part, right? Like to make them a little more important, um, right? Because I remember when uh, uh, the Kingdom had the, the six-man title for a while in 
and Ring of Honor. Uh, and um, I guess speaking and then going from there too, what are you? What is your opinions on uh, some big news this week? And this is the only thing we'll try to talk about other than the pay per view. But um, trying to fit all the stuff in that we missed this week. One of the big things was Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. So what are, what is your uh, what are your thoughts on that? What, what do you think is going to happen to Ring of Honor from here? They they do have a pay per view WrestleMania weekend in Garland, Texas. Supercard of Honor is happening. There's matches announced. Well, so. my my only thing is, Tobin uh, uh, mentioned something earlier. Um, did they buy the name and the archives, or did they like get everything like superstar wrestlers? I should say. Um, because there are none anymore unless they leave where they're currently at and come back. But if they get all the wrestlers, once again, it's Tony Khan with too many people. If he has the wrestlers, a lot of people and not enough time. I mean, it's it's basically who bought it better, Vince McMahon with WCW or Tony Khan with the Ring of Honor, who basically wins in that deal. Right, I mean... It just announced too uh, tonight. We have Alex Zane versus Swerve, Swerve Strickland. So he got announced as all elite uh, tonight, and he's on I Super Card no... of Honor on April first. <laughs> Great. I don't know who Alex Zane is. <laughs> he looks familiar, but I cannot speak upon him. Other matches: uh, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Titles match, TBA versus the Briscoes, to be announced. And then we have uh, are the Briscoes still the champions? Yeah. So watch, it'll be FTR. As I'm saying, they're FTR, the Good Brothers. Good Brothers lost last night in Sacrifice. Yeah, so, but like FTR is basically for a while now has been uh, saying, oh, we win every title everywhere we go, and the only titles we haven't won are Ring of Honor. Right. Um, and then uh, the winner-take-all undisputed <laughs> Ring of Honor world title, Bandito versus Jonathan Grisham. That'll be a good one. Um, but as of right now, uh, there's tapings for Ring of Honor in Philadelphia, ironically, 25 minutes away from my house, April 10th. It's a Sunday. I'd like to go to those. We'll see. Well, I'll try to do a special report from them. But um, but that's a good question, what you asked, what, what Tobin asked. From what is what he read, uh, Tony Khan has just bought um, the tape library and the name. Um, I don't, you can't really buy the contracts because Ring of Honor got rid of all the contracts. And that's why the guys can go wherever they need to. From there, though, um, Jericho and Kingston. I put on my notes Flab versus Fab. And I'm not talking about Jericho's Flab. Jericho's looking in, in better shape than, than he has been. And Kingston should have kept his signal off. Yes. Yes, he, he should have. <laughs> But, uh, it's only, but the, uh, Kingston's body, um, I'm not going to say, like, you know, I'm not going to try to body shame because I'm a, I'm a big dude also. But, like, it, Kingston's body and QT Marshall's bitch titch, uh, <laughs> you knew I, I was to, going I have, there. I have to see these. I got to see these uh, these bitch tits that you're talking about. I rarely but ever like, hear you say that word, so when you say it, it's important, so I got to look at it. But, like, <laughs> Kingston, like, you know, he wants to get in the world title pitcher. He's gotta he's gotta hit that gym a little bit harder. That's what that's what the report was. He went he's starting to get into the shape to get into world title world title shape. I said, okay. Well, he's failing. Yeah, more more probably to you, bud. He's literally he's literally trying to steal hardcore Holly's on gimmick by being the super heavyweight. Yeah, I'm watching I'm watching the first match right now. I got got back on, I got Kingston sing this down, belly's hanging out. Flipping out. What's, what was cool about the end of the match, though, when he uh, he made Jericho tap out from submission, he uh, he didn't know he won. Like he he, I think the good thing what Kingston does is he tells the story really well in the ring. And then when he when he won, he asked Aubrey Edwards, "Did I win?" She's like, "Yeah, he won." He started freaking out, and then he tried to shake Jericho's hand, and Jericho wouldn't shake his hand. So that clearly shows that we're not done with this yet. Probably gonna have a, some more promos down the road, and. Uh, double or nothing, maybe cap of the the rivalry here, or maybe at Beach Blast '94. I don't know. Beach Blast again. Uh, they also announced tonight that there's going to be a huge uh, 
a huge weekend in Las Vegas in May. Uh, the 25th, you have a Dynamite. 27th is a huge rampage. And 29th is Double or Nothing, where it all started in Las Vegas. So May 29th. So one match we didn't talk about, I think it was uh, clearly to me match of the night. I know Lucky Strike to six to spot monkey fast, whatever the hell he, him and court, his boy Cornette like to call it. Uh, the triple threat tag team title match, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy proved that they are the champions and they're here to stay. And they retain the titles tonight against the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Of course, all the teams got to get their shit in. It's a ladder match. In all organizations, all teams need to get their shit in. So I, they really did. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. But great spots by by all teams. The 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 Jurassic Express finisher at the end when Luchasaurus uh, flips uh. over Matt Jackson and they have a power bomb. Jungle Boy executes that power bomb is a thing of beauty, uh, and it was done very well. And I I was very impressed by all teams, especially Red Dragon holding their own. They've been attacking for a very long time, and Bobby Fish didn't get injured, so that's very much a plus. And uh, the Updated version, I guess, because obviously you can't really copy the original of the Doomsday device. Right, right. I, I, I did see that too. That was, that was great. Um, great job. You know, the, the only problem I have with this match, and, and it's a very small one, is the fact that, like, because of the whole Adam Cole thing, the Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, they're like partnering up throughout the match. And then, like, you know, obviously. Oh, I'm gonna get the pinfall. Nope, no, you're not. Like they kept harping on that during the match. It's like, oh, it's about time. They're fighting each other now. It's like, what did you expect? Obviously, they want to win the titles, but like, it's a storyline that I didn't need to have in the match. But I can understand why it's in there because, like, you know, Adam Cole has two is in a group, and then he brings his friends over from NXT to uh, AEW, so they got to do something with that and connect it. But that's the, literally the only problem I have with this match. I thought it was a great match. Yeah, I feel like there's a way that you can tell the story about Red Dragon and the Young Bucks um, separately with Adam Cole being involved. I don't have them in the world title, tag team title picture at all. Like now Adam Cole on a pole match. Right. So Adam Cole on a forklift match. I mean, you have Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy being the champs. They should go do something else. And then you have the Bucks and Red Dragon have a different rivalry, probably in a cage down the road. Uh, you can really see that happening. I can honestly say that if the Young Bucks didn't get another title shot for like a year, it would okay probably I would be okay with that. And the fact <laughs> that I think a lot of people would be okay with that. It's nothing against the Young Bucks. I mean, they had like what a year reign, basically. I mean, come on. Let other teams have that tag team spotlight. Yeah, and to me, they're they're very entertaining. Uh, I, I'm very entertained by the box, but yeah, to the way they got in with the, the multiple chances and, and things like that, they had a battle royal that they won. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, but what are you going to have to do? I mean, got a lot like, of other tag teams you can work with. A ton, a ton of other tag teams. So, um, but great... Uh, great job by Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy retaining the titles. It took them so long to get to the top. Now they're at the top and they're hopefully here to stay. So far, so good uh, with that. Revolution ladder match. How do you feel about Warbuff getting the win? Uh, well, now he's the king of Sonic the Hedgehog, so we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I mean, there's. I know Tony Khan doesn't listen to the haters, clearly, but can you? Can we not have the Sonic ring at the top? I mean, like, at, le- the, at the least like, ring, I get it, but... Be- because you know there's gonna be a ladder match at double nothing for the poker chip, <laughs> like they like they always do. Yeah, I forgot. Oh man, I don't like. But that like, they they needed really the uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog ring or the donut that you sit on when you hurt your ass cheek or something, or a life yeah. preserver on like ladder match. I mean, come on. At least WWE was creative and got like a briefcase. Right. Just have that, or just have a like. Something. Don't have a ladder match. Have like a six-way elimination or something and not have a ladder match. I get it. You want to have a ladder match for the high spots and the like, you know, the holy shit moments, but have the prize worth something. Right. I think well, uh, one of the cool spots of this match was um, 
couple spots. Wardlow killing Starks and power bombing him onto a ladder that was hooked, that was connected to the ladder and the, the ropes. You can even see Starks like holding his neck before he goes down because he knew his neck was going to be exposed. Um, and I did like Orange Cassidy pulling up on the the ladder that was being held on each side by Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow, and then he was like right by the brass ring and he like almost grabbed it, but then like dropped the ladder real quick and he hit him in the hit him in the nuggies. Now, I like Christian at all. I do. I've liked him <laughs> since the Attitude Era. But. But. <laughs> guy came back from a serious injury that he was gone for like 10 years. Great. He was a former Impact champion whenever he came back and everything. But. You don't need to put Christian in this ladder match. Once again. Plenty of other stars that you want to try to build a company with. Granted, Christian, he probably has maybe a few years, I would say five five years to go before he finally retires. Is he going to be AEW world champion within that five years? No. It's no. just no. Got all these young stars. It's a brand new company. He's not going to do it. He's good to be put in other matches not high-stake matches like this. I like him, but he doesn't need to be in these type of matches. That spot could have been for somebody else. Speaking of spots that could have been for somebody else, Sting. <laughs> for God's sakes. So Sting, I I understand that he's that he's back. And he's been in many matches since with Darby Allen. He's Darby Allen's sidekick. Or Darby Allen is Sting's sidekick. He's the Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, he's he's the veteran that's there. He, he, yeah, he's the guy that gives him good advice, good sound life advice. Even though um, he doesn't, even though it's Darby Alley. Yeah, he just kills himself anyway. But the spot that I urge you to go look at um, is four tables are set up by the Butcher and the Blade. We won't get into how they got involved in the match, but they did, and. And then Andrade, Ali Delos on, on top of the tables. And here comes Sting in the crowd, gets on the top of the railing and splashes Andrade through all four tables. Now, there's certain things where I, I disagree with Lucky Strike Tobin. There's sometimes when I do, and I can only hear his voice saying that, why do this spot? And I totally agree. You're 60 plus years old, Steve Borden, Sting, does not need to do these moves. You can be in the ring, keep your feet on the ground, do your stinger splashes, do your scorpion death locks, do your scorpion death drops. That's fine. But there's no reason why to do these moves. They're dangerous, especially for anybody, especially for Sting. But he seemed to be okay after the match. Um, but they ended up getting the win. Um, but it was like 13 minutes of like just random stuff. And then Sammy Guevara did the Spanish fly to Isaiah Cassidy and all this stuff. You're just kind of a cluster of a match, but um, I feel you agree with me as well, Tony. Okay. So everything I said about Christian. <laughs> right. Uh, no. I, I, like, I, like, I, like, I like Sting. Always have. Well, not when he was the beach blonde. I didn't like that Sting. But anyway, not the point. I like Sting. But everything I said about Christian, take away from Sting. <laughs> Does Sting have five years left? No, he should give back, like go away for five more years. He can't. He can't. He can't do the bumps. Like whatever bumps he does is very small and limited. I don't think he's had a singles match since he's joined AEW. It's always been tag team matches, obviously to protect him. Because I made the comment when we were watching this: is he's undefeated, really? For God's sake, they're going to put the title on him. But no, Sting, after the whole buckle bomb incident with Seth freaking Rollins, um, should have just went, just should have left and retired. He's made enough money. He makes appearances at comic book conventions. He doesn't need to do this. Can he be in the corner of somebody? Sure. But that would probably be like, you know, really? I'm just going to be a manager? It's kind of demeaning. But, but he's... As much as people make fun of Hulk Hogan for always wanting to come back and do it and wrestle, 
Sting's doing that. You know what I mean? I do. I totally agree. Um, yeah, Sting doesn't have to do any of this stuff, but he doesn't. He really doesn't. No, he he decided to do it though, and uh, God bless him. And uh, you know, he's, he's he was, I guess, as safe as he could about it. And um, he was standing. Oh yeah, real, 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 real safe, real safe, jumping off a railing through four tables. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you if you see it though, like he like grabs on to Andrade, and then like they fall through the tables like real slow. I'm not saying it, I'm not saying you practice it. I'm just saying that like you can't really do it much safer than that. But uh, much, he stood up. Much, he stood up at the end of the match. He was much alive. like much like Sting's hairline. He needs to go away. Go away. Go away. I think you should still stick around AEW, but uh, yeah, I'm sort of backstage. Uh, backstage. Just backstage. Or as uh, we'll talk about this uh, this next match. So we're gonna go. He to... could be. He could be the commissioner of AEW. <clears throat> Commissioner of AEW. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just the match saying. I'm going to get to you right now is Moxley and Brian Danielson. Oh, really my God. These guys. Um, speaking of commissioners, uh, and a 21 minute match. Lucky Strike Tobin brought up a good question on the on the, uh, the text chat today. Basically, is Mox going to have a sound match with? Danielson, like is Danielson going to allow him to do that? And I and I feel like they did, and even Lucky Strike Tobin, he'll ha, he'll make agree to disagree with me, but he admitted it. He goes, Mox actually did hold his own during this match, and it was just a tough, like in your face, kick ass match. Danielson, I don't like him as a heel. I think it's very unnatural for him. But it, it, is he natural. a heel or is he just an in between? Because no matter what, the fans still chant for him. Yeah, I think he's right. one of those guys that can borderline the middle, and that's a rare. And that's rare. He's one of those well, guys was, that can stay right in the middle of either being a face or a heel. When he was facing Page, he was heel, and it was very awkward and weird for me <clears throat> as a fan. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but it was just a just a kick ass match, and um, for both those guys, and then at the end of the match. There's some funky pin combination to where Danielson gets rolled up on and he's he's rolled up and then Mox's feet hit the ropes but they bounce off. And you, you have to look it up online. I'm trying to explain it, but not not good enough. And it was um, a wacky way when they they pinned uh, Danielson's shoulders on the on the mat, the one two three. But his shoulder one of his shoulders is clearly up. So it's one of those like schmoz finishes to where this isn't over. They're gonna continue this. I am going to channel Tobin right now, and we're going to just go right back into the match to where, obviously, the cameraman doesn't know how to do his job and show the referee handing Danielson a blade, showing Brian <laughs> hey, Danielson, I totally show, that, yeah. showing Brian Danielson cutting his forehead, then showing Brian Danielson giving the blade back to the referee then showing the referee throwing the blade out of the ring. Great job, cameraman. How do you have a job? It also depends on the production guys, too. They got to they gotta cut the different cameras right now. But I just let, letting everybody know out there, the listeners, watching this this ladder, or watching this uh, tag team title match again, it's fantastic. I'm sorry. I don't know what Tobin's watching. I don't know what he's on. I don't know what he's drinking. But I don't want it. This is fantastic. It's, it's high speed. There's no wouldn't tell us that I've seen. So he, he wouldn't tell us what he was drinking or how many he drunk. That's fine. That's fine. But I, I don't see any botches yet from Luchasaurus. And I'm, we're already about maybe eight to 10 minutes in. And I watched the last 15 minutes of this match. Seems pretty good. And again, Bobby Fish didn't get hurt, as we know yet. So good for Bobby Fish. Stay healthy. No, he didn't Chelsea Green it yet. He didn't Chelsea Green it yet now. But like I said, solid, hot, hard hitting affair from Mox and Brian Danielson. Um, Mox gets busted wide open uh, midway through the match. Um, but then eventually, Anderson gets the loss, the rare loss on his second loss of his AEW career. Um, and at the end of the match, they just start fighting again. Um, and then all of a sudden, the crowd goes absolutely crazy. And Tony was a little bit ahead of me on the stream. And, uh, oh, I bought it. So did Tony. So we're not doing anything illegal. Um, but I called the stream. And then he's like, oh, my God, so, someone's coming out. And then he didn't spoil it for me. Here comes William Regal. Let me repeat that. William Regal. He comes out. He gets in both their faces. 
Of course, Excalibur is going to tell a big diatribe in a history between Regal and both men. They, they were, he was an integral part in their their development in WWE, um, and obviously, commission longtime commissioner of NXT. Uh, and he gets in Mox's face. Mox is just a crimson red, his, his crimson mask, and Mox is trying to trying to beat up Danielson. Regal holds him back and says, "Show some respect." And then he, <laughs> he slaps his, the shit out of him. Slaps the shit out of him, and then puts his head in the blood. So now, like Regal's face has Mox's blood on it, and he smacks the shit out of Brian Danielson too. He says, "Shake hands and go to the back." And the fans are just eating this up. They're going. They really crazy. are. Clearly, the pop of the night was for William. It, you know, you know what? It really was, and I'm okay with that for the sheer fact that after so many years, Regal still can get a reaction out of people. And you know what? I honestly see Regal sticking around, like he obviously was. It was announced after that that he is all elite. elite. I can see because you know they're going to put Brian and Moxley as a tag team. Chances are they'll probably be. Uh, be Jurassic Express, uh, but I see Re- <laughs> probably I can see that happening. But I see no, Regal so. being their manager, keeping them in check. Right, I mean, I, I see that too, and I and he can he's a really good backstage presence too. He was a good backstage presence in NXT. Um, he's like one of the most respected person people around. Absolutely, but you can see even NXT 2.0 is kind of suffering a little bit because a lot of the old school guys aren't there anymore and. <clears throat> you don't really have a lot of people left. It definitely shows. You know, I'll still watch NXT 2.0, but you know, it's getting a little, uh, getting a little rough around the edges at some point. So, um, but yeah, so great match by Mox and Brian Danielson. I would say probably um, number two match of the night, if not maybe one A <clears throat> there, especially with the uh, William Regal debut. And then we get to um, CM Punk and MJF dog collar match. 25 AKA, minutes, 45 seconds. This is the longest match of the night. AKA the blood fest. The blood fest. We, we knew it was going to happen, just how much blood was going to be spilled. And CM Punk comes out to, Tony pointed it out first, the AFI theme. and From uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah, he used yes. it in Ring of Honor. Okay, so I was going to say, I, I was just assuming because the well, his position uh, to Ring of Honor. His entire... Uh, Entrance, his look tonight was all based on, around his Ring of Honor days. Ring of Honor, that's what I figured too. <clears throat> so, um, I like that. The only, and I'll say it now at the beginning of, of our review. When you come out to AFI, if you win the match, <laughs> you leave with <laughs> AFI. You leave with what you came out with. I hate when they do that, especially when Edge, to go to the, the that company up north, you come out to the brood theme, if you win, you fucking leave to the brood theme. Don't give me this edge music on this day. Whatever you come out with is what you leave with. All right? It's like Austin. When the glass breaks and you win, what? Do you get some disturbed shit afterwards? No. You get the glass breaking again. You go, First off, man, whoa. Man, man. I enjoyed the disturbed version. Of course you did. I but anyway, I hey man, Triple H did the same thing a few like in his career. I never said I agree with the I, I don't like it. I don't like it ever. So, but this dog collar match, bloody mess. CM Punk held his own. MJF. The, the thing is, is these matches keep these guys safe because of just just got to do a little bit of hardcore stuff, take out some thumbtacks, throw them on the ground, and I just haven't I haven't seen MJF have like a decent match yet, other than um, was it Sammy Guevara? He had like a really good technical match against somebody, and I'm not remembering it, so I guess it wasn't that memorable. <laughs> Obviously, because I don't know. What no, you're, I, like, I don't remember. All I remember, yeah, I don't remember either. But I mean, besides besides MJF having a match with CM Punk on Dynamite, I don't recall him ever competing on Dynamite. Really, it's always on pay per views. I'm looking at the matches right now, courtesy of CageMatch.net. Um, Dynamite Diamond Ring Final. This is back in December. This dude has only had since November of last year. He's had six matches. Eh. But he's <laughs> on TV all the time. Yeah, that's what it was. So full gear last year. So I remember getting that was the pay per view. Almost I got screwed by a little bit. I, I ended up not getting it. He faced Darby Allen. 
And that was a good match between both guys. And it was a mix between Darby Allen just having that like Mick Foley mentality of being hardcore and doing flips he doesn't really need to. But it was also, you know, technical as well. And it was kind of like chain wrestling when they went back and forth. It was a good match between those guys. But tonight, they were just in your face, kick ass, just like Danielson and Mox. And I think that was the kind of theme for the evening. We had your high flying matches, like the tag team title match. You had the ladder match. But you had these matches, like grudge matches, like Jericho and Kingston, MJF and CM Punk. Um, and then you had Mox and Brian Danielson, where they're just like, well, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. There's going to be a lot of blood and a lot of tombstones. And thumbtacks. And thumbtacks. So I feel like it's like maybe like a, a weird homage to The Undertaker getting announced into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of tombstones in this pay-per-view. It was weird. Yeah, you. I mean, you, you pointed it out, and I was like, you know what? I didn't really notice that, but it was like either a pile driver or a tombstone, which is probably kind of the same. But at the same time, yeah, just a lot of a lot of that going on. And there's thumbtacks and shit like that. It's just kind of like homages to, to The Undertaker and his career. So kudos to, to uh, AEW if they meant to do that. But um, yeah, just a lot, a lot of tombstones. And then... We'll get to the final match of the night. This is it. I know Tony doesn't want to talk too much about it. By the way, CM Punk won the match. Yes. CM Punk won the match. Um, because yeah. of? Oh, you didn't say? Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. You were excited <laughs> yeah, for this thank part. You, thank you. I, no, I'm trying, yeah, I was trying to, trying to get to the final match. It really wasn't that good. Um, so, so MJF. I'm trying to delay it. <laughs> MJF and CM Punk. MJF screams for Wardlow. Is lackey. Wardlow comes down, good suit, wearing his Sunday best. He goes, Give me the ring. So he's trying to find the ring. And as JR said, it's like best man on wedding day. He couldn't, he, he can't find the ring. And then CM Punk performs a move on him. I forget what move it was, probably it's like a clothesline. And then he looks at CM Punk looks at Wardlow and Wardlow goes, oh, Oops, takes out the ring. The dynamite battle royale ring. He puts it down in the ring in the wrestling ring. CM Punk looks at it, and Wardlow steps back and walks backstage. Clearly, now adding fuel to the fire to the Wardlow MJF feud. I'm probably even beginning that now, and adding more fuel to the fire there. Like I said, and then CM Punk puts on the ring right hand to MJF for the one two three. And CM Punk gets the win. And that so, ends the show. <laughs> That's it. The last match of there is a, the world title on the line. Doesn't count. It's like it's like the lights out match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Doesn't count towards the record books. Fucking cowboy bullshit. Yep. <laughs> Fucking cowboy bullshit is right. Nothing really of note though in the world title match. You know what I mean? It like, really feel- it really wasn't, no. Like all, like all bias aside, with you know Tony, I know you don't like Adam uh, Adam Page. We both like Adam Cole. You know, I don't have a problem with Adam Page, but you know, I unfortunately may have to agree with Tobin here that he's not hasn't really been booked too well, and um, hasn't really had any memorable matches other than the sixty minute draw with Daniels, which is great. But um, his title run's been a little lackluster. Well, set aside my amount immense hatred for Adam Page. The fans like when he came out really didn't care. When no, Adam Cole no, when Adam not. Cole came out they cared. <laughs> and I was just going to get to that like throughout the match whenever um Adam Page took down his knee pad to do like the uh buckshot, not the buckshot. Yeah, wow. Not the buckshot. The I think he calls Good it shot. here comes the boom, whatever. Here comes the boom. It's a shot. That's what it is. Um but at the same time, the fans are booing Adam Page. And now it's just like, well, now what the fuck do we do? Like, if, if I'm Tony Khan, it's just like, all right, well, now they're booing him with Adam Cole. It's just like, do I book him again with Adam Cole or, or, or what? Because it looks like they they probably will continue the feud from here to double or nothing. Um, but to what degree Like, do you give Adam Cole the title at this point? Hopefully. Right. But, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. The one, the one thing I'll put out of the one thing that I'll note from this match, um, the intelligent fan down there in Orlando, Florida, with the sign that said, let's go 
Adam. <laughs> and when that's the biggest note from this match, the biggest takeaway, there's a problem in the main event picture. <laughs> well, the sad thing is they even show it on, like, you know, they zoom in on it. And the commentators are like, well, he's rooting for both of them. He's rooting for both. And they zoom in on it too, like. <laughs> they, like, really couldn't understand it either. And it's like, well, he's rooting for both of them. It's like, no, one or the other. This is wrestling, damn it. One winner. That's it. You can like both of them. You can like both of them, but you have to immense pick one. Right. Let's go at him. Let's go at him. That's Orlando for you. Well, eventually, Buckshot Lariat gets the win. Of course, we have Red Dragon come down, stick their face in the business. It shouldn't be there. And Adam Cole tries to get a dirty win. With a hit to the Nuggies. The Nuggies! But, yep. But to no avail, Adam Cole gets the loss um, to continue their feud probably into the next couple of weeks, probably into double or nothing. Be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and same with CM Punk. Like, where does CM Punk go from here with his win against MJF? Um, now, do, do you think the feud is over between him and MJF? Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's over now since it's. Uh... The dog collar match and he and MJF starts now this feud with Wardlow, or do you just think the CM Punk thing keeps going? I mean, for me personally, the wrestling fan, I hope to God that it's over because I mean they've gone so personal, which I like to see as a wrestling fan, but it's been going on for a very long time. Okay, so long term booking is long term booking, but this is like extra. So, so the obvious thing, if you put two and two together, MJF will feud with Wardlow. Where does CM Punk go now? That's that's the question that maybe he goes to the title picture. Maybe he goes after Hook. No. <laughs> maybe, I mean, here's the thing. Hook, Hook's been getting really highly protected. And again, he was on the buy-in. Um, I think it's time for Hook to maybe... Get a few. Don't, don't 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 finish this statement by saying he gets a title match. Uh, no. Like even a, uh-huh. even the TNT title. No, I'm saying that Hook should get maybe a maybe a feud, maybe a short storyline with uh, CM Punk. What CM he Punk did. ever do to you? I'm just saying. All I all I know is that there's a meme out there that says "Send Hook," and it was from it was from yours truly, CM Punk. So. Oh, yeah. He could, uh, he could say, you know, he wanted me, he wanted me to get sent. And here I am. You know, you know who needs to come back, Miro. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's Miro. Where in the world is Miro? I know he's injured, but again, that's kind of like Scorpio Sky. For how long? Miro needs to come back and get automatically pushed into the title picture against Hangman and Page. <laughs> I know Tobin and Corey don't want to hear that, and I don't give a shit. They're not on the show tonight. Let's go, Miro. Get in there. Have your have your savior help you out and bow down to you. So he could be God's you. favorite champion again. God's favorite champion. Also, that spot I saw. So I'm watching the I'm watching this tag team title match. The spot where uh, Jungle Boy does a German suplex and hooks up for the other for the other German suplex. That's not what it was. I'm rewinding it right now. Can I rewind it? I can't. Um, I think it was a hur. I think it was a hurricane. Uh, hurricane Rana into correct. a German. Yep. So Jungle Boy goes up. Nick Jackson hurricane Rana into a German suplex on the Matt Jackson. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm sorry, Tobin. I completely disagree with you. There's no. I've watched this entire match while talking to Tony live on this podcast, and it's not much at all. Tobin's just jealous. He's jealous of tag team products. It's the only good tag team is a comical tag team in WWE, the Alpha Academy. I mean, you knew you knew Tobin wasn't going to give a, a <laughs> an honest review of this pay per view. Well, even if thing. he gave a review, I mean, even if he if Tobin was on right now, it would be nice to get his just astronomically negative point of view on the pay per view and how bad it was. But it really wasn't that bad. There were some bad matches, but you're going to have that every night. You're going to have that probably every pay-per-view. But I'm just glad and blessed that I get to buy the pay-per-views. There's only four a year, which I think make it great. Um, 
but it does make for a long night. So speaking of long nights, this one's coming to a close. Um, Tony, I really appreciate you uh, staying up and getting on here on this late Saturday, Saturday, late Sunday slash Monday morning um, after midnight on the East Coast here. Um, I was talking with the guys too, and I would like to do some sort of like March Madness slash WrestleMania bracket theme where there's four four regions. We name the regions after an historical wrestler. And then we just break down like what our favorite WrestleManias are. We'll how's see that, why, by the how's way, that sound, that. Tobin? Oh wait. Well, Tobin, Tobin, I think Tobin's all for it. I <laughs> I um, talked to Corey. Um, we uh, we did it last year. Or at least all I did was write down the WrestleManias and I seeded them by spinning the wheel that I have on my phone. And uh, I think it'd be make, make for a really good conversation. Didn't we agree that it would be for uh, in honor of the Undertaker? So that's Undertaker moments. So that's a, okay. whole, that's a whole other show that, that we would like to do. But I feel like the WrestleMania one um, could be our theme for like a retrospective. So instead of like mm. shows, we can just do the four <clears throat> four regions for WrestleMania. And then after we're done with that, then we'll pick more old shows to review. Okay. And I, personally, I personally like the watch-alongs. The watch-along, I actually watched like a, a good hour of the watch-along for WrestleMania 2000. It's tremendous. It's just those bullshit. It's it's like it's a, it's why this podcast exists is because of what we did during COVID, and it was it's just kind of nice. Just we just kind of talk the whole time about random stuff. So that's a podcast hour anyway. <laughs> but, but yeah, so thanks for uh, hanging out with us, uh, talking about some AEW Revolution. Another looks a big dynamite on Wednesday. Uh, to see where we go from here. In the world of all elite wrestling, for me, Shane Makazowski, Tony Big Evil Sirachi, we bid you adieu. Good night, good morning, wherever you may be listening. We will talk to you next time right here on the 33 to 3rd Percent podcast.